what you should do is you should take a little sticky note, size up the sticky note, and put it That's... over your own face. You know, if I had a post-it note, that's not actually a bad idea. In the world of conspiracies, the supernatural, and the downright spooky, there are only two men who you can trust. Dennis Lynn and Roger O'Sullivan. Or as they prefer to be called, the unexplained legends. In 1963... A woman named Jane Roberts began to document strange writings, which she claimed were being channeled through her by a supernatural entity. But what was this entity? This week on Unexplained Legends, the Seth Materials. There you go. Clear those lungs. Oh my god. One second, I actually do (laughs) have... This is going. This is going to be the start of the episode. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome us in. Okay. Well, in that case, welcome listeners to this week's episode of Unexplained Legends. Uh, I'm Roger O'Sullivan, and with me, as always, is Dennis the Coughbot Len, and together we are the Unexplained Legends. That's what we are, indeed. No, unfortunately, this week, I mean, we're only 1.5 Unexplained Legends. I'd say 50% of you is just gone. Yeah, I am. I've got. I've got um, COVID again. Yeah, he does. He does. Congratulations, by the way. Second time. Second time in two years, which I think is pretty good. Yeah, it's not two, bad. Two years bad immunity. And, uh, and and look at you now, you know. Yeah, I'm it's, hoping it's like, to, to get two more years out of it. It's like you never had it. <laughs> my my face is falling off. Does that happen to you when, when you're sick? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Isn't it like peeling off? Yeah, yeah. I've, so I've. this is something that happens to me when I'm sick is... I don't know if you have this. I have a really acute understanding of what's happening to my body. Okay. Do you have this? I don't know what that means. Uh, what you mean, as in, like you can you can feel that your face is your face is peeling. Yeah. So one one of the big things of of like fevers, it gets an inflammatory response, and also obviously the fever dries out your body. Yeah. You you when you describe this stuff, it sounds like you're into fevers now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm getting really into fevers. Mm. I'm I'm hoping to catch up a few get, catch a few more before the end of the year just compare them all. You're on season 2 of fevers now. But I know when I'm getting an inflammatory response because I can feel all of these like pressure points like I can feel my head getting, you know, very uh like it feels like it's kind of swelling up. I can feel my my gums going a bit <laughs> yeah. weird. Um yeah, that's I, the mumps. <laughs> the, I can feel something something else like swelling up a tiny bit just when in, in the inflammatory response just goes all around my body and then when I get dehydrated and I can feel uh, you my, my body, my skin just falling off my face basically. I'm decomposing. Mm. I'm basically decomposing. But despite that, ever ever the martyr, ever the saint. Yeah, ever the martyr and the saint who would never bring it up. Who would never, never bring, bring it, up, it up. Who would never bring it up. I still prepared the episode for this week. You did. You did. I, listen, I'm... I'm not one to congratulate myself, but I I fear yeah. in this case I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, yeah. congratulations I, I think, me. I think I think it's a it's a good, well founded fear <laughs> that you should give credit to yourself because it's it's not coming anywhere else. It's not coming yeah. anywhere else. So a bit uh, a bit of contrast. How are you feeling, Dennis? I'm feeling great. Feeling really good. Um, I've been on a bender for a month, but no, I've uh, I'm feeling fresh today. No, I had to drive in uh, horrific traffic for close to three hours today, but. It was fine. I listened to some music and then I watch as my phone slowly dies as I panic, knowing that I can. I there's a good chance 
in London sometimes, depending on where I drive, that I will not be able to get home. I pa- I panic about that. If my phone dies, I won't be able to get home. There's no way I can find my way home. Not but even you, by intuition. You just don't know. You'd have to abandon the car and start getting the tube lines home. I'd ha- I wouldn't. I'd have to start a new life. I'd just be. I'd live in. I'd live in West London or something for the rest of my life. Well, this is it. I live in Greenwich now. My car or my car would be the start of my house, and then my house would build out from that. As you, a complete a new settlement. Have you seen the guy who lives in the car near near our house? Uh, no, I haven't. You're, there's a guy. This isn't a joke. There's a guy. I assume homeless. <laughs> I'm assuming who lives Unless in he a just car. Really loves his car. Yeah, who lives in a car uh, by our house. And he, like, he lives out of the car, obviously. Um, yeah. He still has a job, works as a delivery driver. I, I see him getting getting dressed sometimes outside the car in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the thing that blows my mind is he meets up with friends outside his car. We don't even have people over to our place. And we have an actual house. I think it's just some people have that kind of energy off them, you know. Like, that's probably the cool place to go. Dennis, before we continue with the episode, I, I've teased a surprise for you. You have. You said you got a little surprise yeah. for me. Are, so, are you going to tease it even more, or is it? Or no, are you about to present it? I'm going to have. To, I'm going to share my screen to present it. I, okay. I should say that I had planned initially when I was going to share my screen that I was going to have a joke folder on my desktop that just said porn, uh, and then I was going to have to hide that and then go. Go from there to the browser. But actually, my desktop is so messy. That would actually disturb you more than if I just had a folder on yeah, it. I that cannot said, stand the messy board. desktop. So, I, think, I think as well, it's a perfect alibi. And you're very good at creating those kind of those stories for yourself. Where, oh, I was going to do this, but I didn't. So then in the future, if it does happen, you go, oh, it was, there's a practical joke. Yeah, it was a joke. A practical joke. It's a joke all along. You Don't look in that folder. Whoa. Oh, hang on. I fucking ruined the surprise. Don't look. Whoa, what was that? I just saw a big blue horse. Don't look. Right. I said I had a surprise for you, yeah? Yeah, you did, yeah. Okay, (laughs) just to get in, right? I said I had a surprise for you. Our friends over at Denver International Airport. Oh. If you remember, do you remember Mm -hmm. us making those... um, I do, I do. An Illuminati-controlled airport, supposedly. A couple of other theories going around. A fan-favorite episode as well. Yeah, well, this, this was sent to me by a fan of ours. Okay. A message where he'll remain nameless, right? Uh, mm-hmm. but he said, here, have you seen this new advertising page that has gone up on the Denver International Airport website? Well, very intrigued, but just one question. Yep. Why was that guy on that website? Don't, don't know. Was he checking it up? Is he just seeing there's any updates? Maybe he's thinking he's going there. Maybe, maybe he was just re-listening to that episode. I mean, he has to be familiar enough with it to recognise that it's been updated. <laughs> it's a new, yeah. He has to be, he has to be really on board to go. Like on if like. I if I go on there today, I'm not going to notice any difference. If Neither we go though. on Cork Airport website, we're not going to know. <laughs> hey, they've updated the shopping section. Uh, so here we go, Dennis. It's uh, something called the Den Files. Oh, yeah. You may or may not have heard. Den's got some secrets. What is this? <laughs> Since the airport's opening in 1995, there's been endless rumours and theories. This is a whole page on their website talking about the conspiracies around the airport. Have we been done in? Have they stolen my stolen my name? And they're hashtagging it as well, Denfiles. Yeah, hashtag crap, Denfiles. Crap, crap, crap. <laughs> this is terrible. We should, I mean, it's amazing if, if, if we did it, but they, they've got to it first. So not oh. only... 
Not only have they stolen, he's he's fucking weird. He's a wrong. Not only have they stolen your name, used it as a hashtag, <laughs> right? But they've done what you accuse me of. They've hidden in plain sight. Perfect um, deniability, you know, being Denver. Yeah. But obviously, they're stealing my name. And their international as- call, call sign being. D E N. Yeah, I know, but that's beside the point. But I think <laughs> is yours. That, is, is is that how you turn up in flight terminals, Dennis? I, I haven't. I haven't checked my own international call sign, but I have a feeling <laughs> it's going to be quite similar. All right, what are what are we doing um, this week? We get the ball rolling. All right, this week, Dennis. This week, we're doing uh, a very special episode. An episode close to my heart. Mm-hmm. We're doing something called the Seth Materials. Ooh, okay. That sounds familiar to me, but yep. I don't have an absolute idea of anything about it. So I've talked to you about this before, um, which is why it sounds familiar, but also why you don't remember any of it because you never you never listen to me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm listening at the time. Yeah, I just, it just doesn't get logged anywhere. It just goes out. Uh, this one covers a lot of my favorite favorite like kind of unexplainedy stuff, which is. Uh, little bit of uh, extra-dimensional beings. Have you heard of them? Mm, yeah, I've come across them once yeah. or twice. A uh, little bit of, uh, you know, supernatural entities. Okay. A little bit of uh, channeling. Channeling? Channeling, yeah. Channeling is like, let's say, bring, bringing an entity through you. Okay, I didn't realise we could do that. Not in the way you might be thinking. So. Well, I'm not thinking anything. Um, and... and I don't think we covered anything like this. Oh well, actually, except for the gateway process, which we did two episodes ago. They, yeah. But but other than that, really yeah. recent episode. Yeah, something very new agey. Okay. All think, right. Okay. That's that's everything. That's a cake. Yeah. yeah. So, are you, uh, are you excited for this one? Yeah, very excited for this. I wish I knew anything about it, but it, it it was this was this a big thing at one point? Like was was this a very popular thing? Maybe like nineties or something. This. Right? This was very big in the 70s, I would say. Ah, that's what I meant to say. I meant yeah. to say 70s. Yeah. And, get this, get this. So influential on, who do you think I'm going to say? One of your favourite people. So influential on Billy Joel? No. Elton John? No. George Michael? Uh, no, no. Think less musical. Tom Petty. <laughs> Jim Henson? Jim Henson, of course. Is Jim Henson one of my favorite people? You love you love Muppets. Ah, uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, like as in, I don't give any credit to Jim Henson. I just oh, okay, the, yeah. So you, I suppose, I suppose you don't send me uh, Muppet videos of okay. like <laughs> Jim Henson with a Muppet on his hand being interviewed on Letterman or something. Yeah, but it's I'm sending you for the Muppet, not Jim. Oh, really? Know? Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, so so you you consider them very separate entities, the yeah, completely separate entities. Yeah, I believe that if they're brought to life, they live their own life. That okay. Jim has. It's like when someone writes a poem or whatever. You know, you can't whatever, whatever interpretation the reader has. No, the death of the artist type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, I suppose the Muppets then they were. Uh, they, they... <laughs> Sorry, am I having a stress dream? What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, we're, we're talking about. Did I say it? The no, Seth materials. Said... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I get that, but I just mean the Jim Henson connection. Oh, Jim Henson was really inspired by this and got him, to, him into, like, New Ageism. And okay. actually was the central behind the idea of him making the movie The Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. I could see that then. So, pretty good, eh? Yeah? Which, which, if I actually am honest, I don't think I've ever seen in its entirety. Oh, I love that movie. 
I've probably seen more behind the scenes clips of that movie than I have of the entirety of the actual movie. That movie, I'm telling you, excellent movie. I might, I might watch that while I'm having my fever dreams. Be a great fever dream movie. <laughs> yeah, that would give you loads of fuel for the coming storm. Yeah, so uh, on the back of that, Dennis, let's crack on with the lamestream narrative. Jane Roberts was born in Albany, New York in 1929 and grew up in Saratoga Springs, New York. Her parents divorced when she was two and as a result, she spent much of her childhood living with her maternal grandparents. For much of her childhood and adolescence, Jane was forced to live off of inconsistent government welfare. Her adolescence also including a spell in a strict Catholic orphanage during a period in which she would have no legal guardian available to look after her. Despite all these hardships, Jane would prove to be a very accomplished writer in her youth, winning a scholarship to Skidmore College at the age of 16, despite going on to be a successful writer in her own right. Her work would come to be overshadowed by a series of books which she herself claimed little to no ownership over. They would become known as the Seth Materials. So wait, are we st- we're jumping right into this woman who is, I'm going to guess, been channeled by an alien or something? And is now writing all these books. So is, is, when you say she's no ownership, you mean that like something else has written it on behalf of her or through her or something? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's safe to say. I, I wanted to give a bit of back story to uh, to the woman, mm-hmm. Jane Roberts, who had like quite a troubled upbringing. Yeah, you gave us report cards there and everything. It was very detailed. Yeah, yeah. The uh, but she uh, she. I wanted to highlight that she was a successful writer before any mm-hmm. of the Seth material stuff ever came about. Why is the Seth material stuff pretty bad, or is it? No, no. Okay. I, I think if I just told you the Seth material stuff when we get into what that is, I think you might be uh, you might be questioning like what her motivation around that might be. All right, so you're saying that there probably is like no financial or even literary motivation around this other than what you're going to tell me has happened. Well, that would without, be ideal. Without, yeah. That, that would be the ideal yeah. scenario, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you can draw your own conclusions, like, like, like always. But all, all I'm saying is, actually, here, here's an interesting fact for you about Jane Roberts. I think she was the first, um, she was the first ever woman to be asked to to be invited to some big science fiction conference in in America. All right, so look, we got this Jane person, right, who shares yeah. a name with um, a neighbour that I used to have. I'm sure it wasn't the same woman. She <laughs> is a writer. Sounds like she's got a, had a pretty tough upbringing. Yeah. And is about to write something that's going to influence you and um, a lot of other people in your community, I'd imagine. And Jim Henson. And Jim Henson, the Muppet guy, yeah. of course. Yeah, So... On a September evening in 1963, while working on some poetry, Jane suddenly experienced, in her own words, a fantastic avalanche of radical new ideas. New ideas burst into my head with tremendous force, her head, with tremendous force, as if the physical world was really tissue paper thin, hiding an infinite dimension of reality. And I was flung through the tissue paper with a huge ripping sound. 
Okay, well, first of all, I don't think tissue paper makes a ripping sound. What? So, Listen, I, mean, I beg we're, to differ. We're already... No, I mean, if you get hurtled through it, especially if it's wet, you're going, you know, it's not going to make any noise. We're not going but, like... Sh- uh, yeah, maybe. I'll give you a sh- rather than okay, a rip. Okay, okay. So she's saying that she did a massive load of drugs, is what you're saying. No, no, no. And then and then had this eureka moment. No, she didn't do any drugs. Okay, no drugs. She. This is important to know. She was not a drug taking person. Not somebody who okay. participated in drugs. To my and had she, had she had any of these um, similar episodes before this, like in in even close to this? No, no. This was the first incident of it. And so what sparked it? It, it, what just writing that poetry just she just seemed to have a, this moment where everything just flooded through her brain and she herself she described she said when she came to that's what she described mm. um, her feeling after this experience she found herself with a collection of writing that she could scarcely explain the origin of so she wrote it in kind of a haze almost a fever dream yeah yeah like like just just like it was like it was just channeling it was channeling through her i've uh, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've had a dream or something and you note down a joke yes yes and you get a joke from it and then you wake up in the morning and it's like catman on the house and you're just like what the hell does that mean what like i can't even piece this together and you and you think you'd get enough of it from having catman on the house but i have notes inside of my phone that make absolutely no sense whatsoever i i had one of those recently if you would like to hear it. Yes, I would. I don't think this will work on stage. This is an example of what right, you're talking about. Give me about. the time and date. Du, du, du. This is the 27th of June, actually, is this one? Okay. 27th of June. Um, so I've woken up in the middle, middle of the night convinced that I've thought of the best joke in the world. Okay. Very hot during the summer as well, so yeah. this could be provoking a fever. <laughs> and the joke was, every time I come, it makes the GTA busted noise. Oh my God. Jane, to get back on topic, Jane titled her notes, The Physical Universe as Idea Construction. Okay. Right? So, yeah. I mean, I'm saying yeah, but I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> so, so that doesn't mean much to you, no? No, the universe's idea constructions. The the physical universe yeah. as idea construction. <laughs> as idea construction. Yeah. What does that what does that mean? Roger, do you know what it means? Yeah. Just saying yeah. it over and over again. No, no, I know what it means. Out. All right, go on. What does it mean then? Elaborate. What does what it mean? What she's saying, that title, is she's saying that the physical universe that we live in mm-hmm. is actually just constructed from ideas. Oh, okay, cool. And so could you give me the sentence again so I can see how that's different to what you just said? The physical universe yeah. <laughs> as idea construction. Yeah, it's just that I suppose if, if your answer was on one side and her statement was on the other and we started circling the parts, <laughs> it sounds very, very the same. So you don't know what that means? No, no, I do. I'm saying it's like... it's like You don't. It, you don't it, know what it means. It's like it's in your mind, man. What? So the whole universe is in our mind? Yes. You knew you're constructing it with your thoughts. Or, but I... Is everyone constructing a universe? Um, I'd say we have. I'd say it's all the one universe. <laughs> How does that happen, though? Like, is it? Are we collectively? Like, I, I'm like, I, I need stuff. Like, I, I need, I need a pair of jeans. Like, as in genuine, I need to get jeans. I need yeah. to. I need. I know. I need to pay bills or something. But like, 
you know, does that mean I, I can just construct that? Yes, if you focus enough on that, Dennis, you will eventually get those genes. Yeah, and I'll fit into them. Um, for a while. find very hard to get genes to fit my hips. Um, but yes, so you're saying, I mean, I don't know what you're saying. You're saying that the universe is made from ideas, but I'm just wondering yeah. if it is constructed from ideas, does that mean that everyone lives in their own singular universe? I, like as in no one else can exist in the universe, only the person that has the ideas, right? I think of it more as imagine we're all painting on a huge canvas. Mm-hmm. So some elements of the canvas are just there. But how did we get, like, how, how did we work it all together? Let's say there's, you know, 50 people walking around here and we've managed to create, like, a junction with traffic lights. Like, that's that's an, that's amazing that we're all painting on the same canvas and have made roads and traffic lights and stuff. Well, that's how, that's, listen, that's how powerful <laughs> this stuff is. That's how it works. That's, Sorry, how, that's how it works. That's, that's how powerful that's this how stuff works. is, Dennis. That, if anything, I think, if anything, that um, goes in my favour. But at the same time, really, right? Like, when we think about it anyway, right? So we don't know what's going on. No. Like we, we don't have a clue what's going on. So you know what? It might just be that. Yeah. I mean, that's as good of explanation as, I don't know, physics and stuff anyway. So who cares? Here we go. Here we go. I've got I've got you now. Yeah. I'm oh. sick. You know what I'm sick of? Biology, chemistry, and physics. You know what I'm sick of? Reality. Pain in the ass. Yeah, all reality. <laughs> sick of reality. So, although her work had occasionally touched upon supernatural themes, she hadn't taken a personal interest in the supernatural or any extrasensory abilities until this first channeling experience. Her and her husband, Robert, this is actually very confusing because her name's Jane Roberts. His name is Robert. <laughs> right? And they have a dog called Robbie Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so her husband, Robert, and her, they soon began dabbling in things beyond the earthly realm. So after this channeling experience, they decided to start branching out. So the, the, the couple soon approached a publisher about writing a do-it-yourself book on extrasensory perception and landed a contract. Uh, how much did they get for it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. And so when you say channeling experience, have we, have we delved into what's happening in that channeling experiencing yet? So, is, is that the same, like, is that the same um, case there where she was writing the poetry and her mind exploded with wet tissue or whatever? So that, that was her first channeling experience. She felt okay. she was channeling something from another universe. Oh, right. Okay, so channeling doesn't necessarily mean that you're channeling another being into you. It can be, you can you can channel other ideas from parallel universes. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's great about having video on the podcast now is people are going to see your facial expression <laughs> of thinking through what I've said and going like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, fine. Great. That, uh, that's not what I'm thinking, Dennis. No? I'm thinking, thinking? I'm thinking, does this support me later? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so she's just like a gateway for, for ideas that are, are flooding in from different places. But who's sending them out? Where are they coming from? Is there like a radio broadcast of these things? Am I doing it? We'll, is there is there someone in another universe getting the stuff that's in my head right now? We'll get to that. I don't Dennis. want them getting that. I don't want them they, getting Listen, out. they don't want that either. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm sure they don't. That's we'll, why I don't want to send it. We'll get to that, okay? What what do I always say? Put a, put a peg in it. Put, yeah, put a peg. Peg that. Peg that lady in there, right? Okay. So her her and her husband, they they landed a contract to write a book, um, a do-it-yourself kind of book on channeling and, and extrasensory perception. It's important to note that these themes were becoming increasingly popular among the general public in America at the time. Mm. Right? So this new project led the two 
to experimenting with a Ouija board as research for the book. Although initially the sessions were relatively unremarkable, that would change on December the 2nd, 1963, when they began to receive coherent messages from a male individual who identified himself as Seth. There's absolutely no way, and I've said this before on the podcast, I'm sure, but there's absolutely no way in hell that you or anyone else will ever get me to sit down and do a Ouija board. Never. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that it works, but I'm absolutely never taking the chance. Like, I don't want to be the first person that it works on. Like, <laughs> like the ghosts are looking and they're going, ah, go on, we'll give them one. You know, I'm like, no way. Why, well, who invented that thing? Like, where does it come from? I think it, um, so I think, off the top of my head, I've heard a lot of people say it's actually a parlor game. Okay. It's like a it's like a joke, you know, or not a joke. It's like was invented as a as like a kind of a fake board game. But I've mm. heard people dispute that and say it actually predates that. A version of automatic writing predates that. Yeah. Um have you ever gone near one? Have you ever seen one? Like I the, I have seen one. I have seen one. Have never gave it a go. It. Haven't used it because you meant you meant to have multiple people there. Mm. I was just I just would have only been able to do it myself. Do you think you could scare yourself by doing it? I think you could potentially scare yourself more with your just doing it alone than with mm. other people. I uh I, I think that it would be um, a Patreon goal for you. Uh, yeah, to maybe maybe do it on your own. To just no, actually, no, board. no, actually, I take that back. I don't want that either because if something happens to you, I have to live with you. In terms of like not for your uh, welfare, just that I don't want a ghost connected to me in any way whatsoever. What they say, what they say is that using one forever opens you up to um, the demonic or the spiritual realm. So you have to be very careful. It's like opening a door you can't close. Yeah, you're just basically wearing a hat. Like, you know, you're saying, here, come on over here if anyone, come on. anyone's up. Check, you can't close that door then. Check me out. Oh, yeah. So so this is, she's just started to, uh, her and her husband have just started to actually converse with Seth, right? So while initially the content was received through the board, eventually the sessions progressed beyond that. Ultimately, with Jane herself entering a trance-like state and being possessed by the entity Seth, taking on different mannerisms and speech patterns. These sessions were then dictated to Robert to transcribe. Soon the couple had began to amass a considerable amount of material. Still somewhat in disbelief in regards to the channeling episodes, the couple sent some of the writing sessions to a psychologist with an interest in reincarnation. His eventual response was that the material was likely coming from Jane's subconscious, warning them that amateur mediumship could potentially lead to mental health problems. So that guy there, he's um, a psychologist, is it? Yeah, yeah. Legitimate psychologist. Yes, yeah. Who, and what was the second um, qualifier? Who (laughs) specializes in... An interest in reincarnation. An interest in reincarnation. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's not saying it's real. Yeah, he's just interested in it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, and and he he'd be a good source. Like we could trust him, and and he'd give them good advice and stuff. Uh, well, we don't know. Well, I'm I'm not going to cast aspersions on him, but I'm saying he might have been doing his best. He might have been making a great effort to give them the best advice. But I'm not going to say that his what he came out with as his conclusion is, is accurate. <laughs> 
<laughs> Brilliant. You know? Okay, so he disagrees with what you're about to, or what you've been putting forward in this episode. Well, he just, he says that it's her subconscious. Okay. Right? But isn't that weird enough anyway? No, I don't think it is good enough that she's just channeling her subconscious. You don't think it's good enough? I think that would be a pretty good episode where the doctor comes in and says, look, she's just a bit mad. <laughs> have you have you ever had any experience as a child of believing that you're either possessed or could talk in tongues? Uh, I can't say I have. I've thought maybe telekinetic, but... I thought as a very religious child you might have um, had a fear of being possessed by a demon at some point. My my parents used to say that about me a lot. That you were possessed because you were a little a little bollocks. I'd yeah, say. they'd say they'd say you're. We, we'll have to get an exorcism. That's I have I have a vague memory of sitting on a couch and believing that I may have been possessed and potentially talking in tongues, but obviously, like when I I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really talking in tongues. I, I, like, it was not another language. I was probably convincing myself that it was. I don't know why. I, uh, I, was, a, I was a bored child. I was very bored. <laughs> <laughs> talking in tongues is good, though. Is it? Tongues are what was bestowed upon the, um, the apostles. So they could go yeah. and spread the word of God. That's, why, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I would just—I definitely have a problem communicating with people. It, from what I was doing, I would not be able to spread the word of God. It was just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like there was—it'd be a different Bible. That—that that sounds that sounds demonic. Yeah, no, it is demonic. I have a good demon voice, but um, I don't want to do it because again, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, because what happened is again, it'll be the same thing. I'll do it, and then you laugh, and then I'll do it again, but I'll look shocked. And you'll go, well, that's really good. And then it won't stop. And then we'll realize I've been possessed. I thought what you were going to say there is you do it and it would overshadow the episode, if not the podcast. <laughs> and you go, well, you know, and it would just become week in, week out or just turn up. Just demon. do the demon voice. People just go, demon, demon. 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 <laughs> that becomes your, your thing on the stand up circuit. All right. So this person now is going to get a, is going getting a book contract for themselves. They've got it. Yeah. Um, and the husband is involved as well. We're not even sure what he's up to, though. He's just a guy who seems like he's... Does he just, like, get water for her, like, make sandwiches? Uh, he does a bit of transcribing. Um, he seems like a, you know... He doesn't seem very important in this. Well, he's helping out. He's a nice guy, he's yeah. A, uh, we don't know if he's a nice guy. He's supportive. But, so he's he's supporting her, right? And uh, now they've got a nice, juicy, juicy check incoming. Yeah. So... You already said in the episode that we don't want to, you know, we want to make sure that we say that her career is successful before this. Yeah. But now she is getting a fat, a fat, juicy check. So it would, you know, it looks like to keep this stuff going would be financially important to her. I think, you know, we could recognize that, yeah? Well, you know, I would say, I, I would say it's just a happy accident. Yeah, it's a happy accident that she negotiated a contract. Yeah, it's a happy accident, you know. Yeah, they I got mean, they got lucky. I mean, I go out, I go out in the street and I step in dog shit. You know, that's an accident. But like, yes, I, I I haven't got out in the street and got a, a book contract yet. The did I ever tell you about the time I um I actually this is true, but I can't get into it. Is I um I basically conned somebody into a book contract when I was in uh, university. Yeah, conned is a big word there. I think that's a crime. Yeah, well, like, it's not con. It's just, I definitely... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. It's not exactly conning them. I backed out of it. But I, like, pitched a book to them that I definitely couldn't have written. 
Like I wouldn't mm. have been, a- I wouldn't have had the ability to write it. So fraud. Um. Yeah, light fraud. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Light academic fraud. Okay. A- academic fraud. Yeah. Right. Light academic L- fraud. Light academic. Just fraud. light academic fraud. So, so what I'm saying, Dennis, is, is my, my, you can I, you can trip over these contracts. Okay. So it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. If you put if you put if you put a massive amount of deceit, um, into into your day to day. Yeah. Sure. What What's is it good for? I hope that cough comes in like so, that. So. Although initially disappointed by the conclusion of the psychologist, Jane continued to channel the entity. She stated, again, this is a quotation, because we were so innocent about psychic literature, we weren't hampered by superstitious fears about such psychic phenomena. I didn't believe in gods or demons, so I didn't fear them. I wanted to learn. Rob and I had discovered a whole new world together, and we were going to explore it. I was doing twice the creative work I'd done earlier. I was satisfied with the quality of the Seth materials. It was far superior to anything I could do on my own. If nothing else, I thought the sessions presented a way of making deeply unconscious knowledge available on a consistent basis. I think that's quite admirable what she's saying when she wants to bring this information to us. But I think that is, oh, that's a frustratingly annoying sentence where she says, I don't believe in angels and demons. Why not? Therefore, therefore, they can't hurt me. Is that what she's saying? She doesn't believe in the Dan Brown book, Angels and Demons. Yeah. <laughs> that has a car, ca- a car chase in it, I'm fairly sure. But uh, she doesn't believe in she doesn't believe in those. So now she can bring all of that information about them to us. Yes, but that means that she does believe in them. No, Dennis, she didn't believe in them. <laughs> right. Okay. So now maybe maybe she does now. So, okay, great. So what did you say? You didn't believe in them, so she's not scared of them. Yeah. What's the tense and the scared bit? So like, is that I didn't active? believe in gods or demons, so I didn't fear them. Didn't fear them. All right, okay. But now that she does believe in them, does she fear them? No. Weird. It was because she didn't fear them. She was able to converse with them, maybe. It's just like hundreds of goalposts constantly moving, just constantly moving, and you can't get a, a goal in anywhere. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I know you wouldn't say that. Yeah. Why would you say that? That wouldn't be in your best interest to say that. (laughs) So, Seth, right, the entity that they've been channeling, Seth described himself through Jane as, and this is his bio, okay, an energy personality essence no longer focused in physical matter. He sounds very new age. He is very new age. Very new age. He's very new age. Do you, do you, so is this person, is this Seth, is he affecting New Age stuff? Or or is or is he being affected by it in his own universe, you know? No, you know he, I mean? he, this Seth materials are kind of the origin of all that New Age thinking. All right, so this is ground zero. So Seth's thinking about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is where, do you know that thing like thoughts become things and stuff like that? Yeah. That all yeah. comes from the Seth materials. What's his, what's his second name? Do we have a second name? Uh, it doesn't have a second name. Murphy, uh, the, no, I think it just Seth, right? Okay. Doesn't have a second name. What age is he? Um, I would say thirties. Thirties, yeah. Thirties <laughs> slash um, uh, what ageless beyond time? Um, favorite early two thousands band. Linkin Park. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I think he's probably into them. He sounds like a Linkin Park fan. He's a big right. hybrid theory fan. Very good. Okay, <laughs> right. so. 
So, and are they forming a friendship when they're talking inside their own head? Sorry, I mean, are they forming a friendship <laughs> when he's communicating through her? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it says here, right, that despite Jane initially thinking Seth was possibly a manifestation of her own subconscious, too, right, um, as her relationship with the entity continued, she became more and more convinced that the writings were coming from another consciousness and that there was no other explanation there. And that when she was speaking as Seth, right, Jane adopted a deeper voice with different mannerisms. And although her accent and syntax didn't notably change, in contrast with some other um, channelers uh, yeah. and, and mediums from, from the time, um, the a number of other people as well, get this, a number of other people claimed that they had channeled Seth, supposedly at some stage. But then she channeled Seth saying, this is a quotation from him, communications will come exclusively through Rupert <laughs> at all times to protect the integrity of the material. Rupert being Seth's um, nickname for Jane. All right. So what we're seeing here then is it the, she's closing down the possibility. So she has complete rights over the story. And can control everything. That's not... As, a, no, no, You Dennis. have... Like, as in... You, remember now, this is being videoed, and you're yeah. smiling like yeah. Cheshire Cat, right? Yeah. You you know that when you're reading it, that that's why it is. No, I don't think that is the case. I think... I think, if anything, it gives it credence. Why, it gives it credence is one of our favorite nonsense phrases on this podcast. I even use it. What what, what do you mean it gives it credence? I think, How? I think if Seth was, was just something she came up with, her own which, consciousness. Which it definitely is. Right. Well, well, look at it this way. If it's her own subconscious, then how could these other people be channeling it? So then you're saying she's lying. No. No, I'm not saying no, that. No, you are. You are saying she's lying. She's not lying. Right. She's not lying. You can't, you can't have bought pieces of logic and mush them together and then s- separate them whenever you want them. I think here's what, here's what possibly happens. There is maybe Seth is a common name in that universe. Okay. So those other people it's channeling just a, Seth. It's a big mix up. Yeah, big mix up. It's just a big mix up. Big mix up, man. Yeah, it's like big big loader, big mix up, big big mix up. So when we go to like we we discuss this stuff, you give us the information. Yeah. And then we want to bring it any further. You just say it's all coincidence. Who knows? No, I don't say that. You just said that. Like you just what? said it's a. You just said it's a big mix-up, and then said big big loader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're saying it's a mix-up. So, but but what I'm saying is we we never have the concrete information. You have so much concrete information on the lead up to these things, but then when we discuss them, like when they they go any way outside, you you you're like, oh, who knows? Who knows? It's a big coincidence. Like anything is possible until it's not. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Why is that fair? Because shouldn't you, shouldn't you be shouldn't you be looking at well, like what's possible w- within this and and like looking up more information and shouldn't there be some you know hard science backing this up? I think it makes sense to me that an entity, an interdimensional entity, would bond itself to just one person. Why do you think that? Because um, you think about it, these these people they form a bond. Okay, yeah, but, but like, like I form bonds with people as well. I don't have to spend like eternity with them, you know. Like uh, as in, what? Wh- <laughs> why does it make sense that these people are acting like swans? 
you might have um think about it this way right you, can I just point out as well, right? I'm well aware that we have washed away from the first point that we were making and you've brought me off into this angle. Like, I, I'm completely aware of the, of the nonsense river that we are now flowing down. No, I, I think, I think it just, it's like, think about it this way. I could buy something from Amazon, but I'd rather buying it from the shop down the road where I can have a one-to-one experience and I can get to know, I can, I can have a, a, uh, an actual connection with the with the person who I'm trading with in that <laughs> particular shop, right? <laughs> trading in Sainsbury's. Yeah. So, so Seth, right? Seth, he could he could channel anyone. Of course, he could. He's an interdimensional being, but he gets more out of it if he just fosters one channeling relationship. You know? Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. I I I, ac- I accept that as as concrete proof of nothing. Um, so you're saying that you, but what you're saying is so hand on heart you don't believe that she's looking out for her own interests in terms of books seminars money any any sort of financial windfall that might be in her interest to keep this person to be the only person who can communicate through her I mean to me I'm sure you know there are a lot of gurus out there and who claim that they're the only person who can talk to God you know it's like it, yeah, it's a yeah. similar pattern and you know, and they've been found out to be, you know, hacks, like, you know. So, I think this one will just listen. We'll just never know. Just that. different, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. It's, it's, it's sometimes just different. So Seth's teachings, right, will go on to prove to be incredibly influential in the New Age movement in America, right? Some seeing Seth, uh, the Seth materials, as a fundamental text for American New Age spiritualism. The main element of Seth's teachings was the idea of this consciousness creating matter, so the thoughts become things, I mentioned to you earlier, and that the individual could directly impact reality by their own thoughts and beliefs. In addition to this, Seth also touched on the ideas of the self not being a single monolithic entity, but being a collection of various souls overlapping from different diverse realities, both past and present, with reincarnation being integral to this. It's just, it's just, a, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to, to wrap. There's a lot of different words floating around there. It's very hard to take this in. So you're, so it's the past, the present, and the future. A big melting pot of people being reincarnated. And what does that have to do then with Seth just jumping around the place, talking to people? That's just what he likes to. That's his buzz. <laughs> that's his thing. Yeah, yeah that's his buzz. You yeah. know. All right. And are there many others like going around? Like, is you know, is this something that that in this universe they can do? Because it sounds pretty annoying and it sounds intrusive. Like that they can, whenever they want, just take over one of us effectively. Like, as in, you know, she's. I'm sure she's sitting down one night watching Bake Off or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, this is real." And then Seth comes in. Hey, do you want to talk to me? And he's like, "No, go away." Oh God, please, I love football, you know, or something. Not tonight, like, Seth. Like that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so how come these people are just allowed like run free all over the place? Um, I think it's that thing of you have to be open to it. Yeah. So if you're not open to it, if you're closed off from it, it's not going to interrupt your life. All right. Okay. So you have to be open to it for them to to come in. Yeah. Like it took a period of like years for for Jane Roberts to build up to the point that she was open enough to channel directly with them. You know. And she, can she kick out set if she chose to? I'd say she could. Yeah, if she wanted to. And do you think he'd take it well? Um, yeah, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy, yeah. 
Oh, you you think a lot of Seth. Yeah. Well, well, get this, Dennis, right? I thought this might pique your interest. Seth even incorporated Christianity into his teachings, claiming that Jesus Christ himself was a highly evolved entity who existed in many realities, and that the Christ entity existed as three individuals throughout our Earth history. Mm. John the Baptist. Can I guess them? Oh, go on. Well, I've said one, but go on. John the Baptist. Yeah. It's probably, probably one. Jesus. Yeah. That's the second one. And Burt Reynolds. Uh, close with the last one. Close. Mm. But it was um, Paul of Tarsus. Ah, Paul of Tarsus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you were close okay. there, right? Very close. Close. <laughs> um, I also would have accept- accepted Engelbert Humperdinck. For a period of 21 years, Jane Roberts claimed to consistently channel Seth in over 1,500 sessions, only stopping the year before her death in 1984. Jane Roberts published well in excess of 20 books relating to Seth, ranging from direct transcriptions to poetry and fiction inspired by Seth's teachings. To this day, the Seth materials remain unexplained. Underline that unexplained. Unexplained. So have you ever have you ever read any of it? Uh, yeah, I've read a little bit of it. And what is it? What do you think of it? Like, does it strike you? It's a hard read. It yeah. is a hard. It is a very hard read. Are you talking about the transcriptions or the book or like the more? Uh, the transcriptions. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of have to um, you you <laughs> you take what you want from it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Do you have to switch off, like, the majority of your mental faculties as well? Not for me. No. Some people might have to do that, but... So, just right off the bat of that, Dennis, what what are your initial feelings? I mean, my initial feelings on this are, one, it's terrifying, right? Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the main things I think I focused on, is just the fact that someone can come into your head and stay inside there. I don't want that. Yeah. Um, and I And that's why I wanted to find out, in a kind of a jokey way... What were the rules? And if I don't want them in there, they won't go in there. So I'm, I'm happy that they cannot go into my head. Right? I'm declaring to the universe right now. I'm not, I don't want that to happen. Right. Stay out of my head. Yeah. Um, two, I think that it's interesting from what this woman was saying that this guy is there. And I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's very interesting. But I, I, I would need a couple of more people to come forward as well, you know? Because in effect, in effect, I think that this woman is saying that she might be Jesus Christ. Uh, no. Or a Jesus Christ character. No, what she's more saying, I think, is that she, a friend of hers is friends with Jesus. Okay, okay, yeah, a friend of hers knows Jesus. Yeah. Which is close enough, I think. But she's yeah. saying that she's the only communicator, you know, she's an, like, she's exclusive. So, um, I, I would just need a couple of more, um, a couple of more people maybe around the world, you know, just get a bigger sample size than just one person who got a book contract okay. and a husband. Well, well, I'll I'll quickly, I'll just shoot through the old theories, right? Uh, we have classic, right? It's an interdimensional being. You sounded like you're getting rid of that, like straight away. I think that's probably the most plausible. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one I believe in. Yeah, I think that's probably the most plausible, like as in if this was down to technology or something of interdimensional beings, that they can now travel through dimensions and somehow end up inside in our heads, right? which I, you know, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I yeah. can understand that. Again, I just think that the other, the other thing as well we really need to focus on more in the podcast is that these people are reliable. They're actually like reliable, good people because we always, 
I think we always take it for granted that these Seth characters and stuff are doing things that is going to benefit mankind or even just benefit the people that they're um, inside in their heads. We need to really, you know, like, I mean, there's loads of wankers in the world. So in their universe, it's an entire universe, uh, a different dimension. So maybe he's just, maybe he's just a bit of a prick. Like maybe he's not the best person to be inside in our head. So how do we believe him? Like, let's say it's all happening is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. But how do yeah. we believe, th- uh, how do we believe him that he's a reliable uh, witness or whatever? Or oh, you're saying he, he's, he himself is lying, the interdimensional being. It could be. Oh, yeah. I, ju- I It's just that with all these conspiracies, first and foremost, they believe, they always believe like the alien. They always believe. Yeah, whatever yeah. being, you know, but like, why should we believe the aliens? Well, that sounds pretty, um, pretty alien phobic to me. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I'm an alien phobe. Yeah, <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, the alien phobe. Um, the we, interdimensional being sounds like it's coming out on top. The the only other two ones really are, uh, well, three, three. One of them is that she's mental. Yeah, that is a strong number right. two. That's there. And not, the other one is, it's a scam. Yeah. yeah. Or my favorite one that I think we came up with a few episodes ago is, it's a ghost playing a joke. A ghost playing a joke? Who came up with that theory? I think we came up with that on the Donaldson but, messages. But they, they haven't done us in anywhere here. They, is that, that's not coming up on the Wikipedia page or anything, because that's like one of our greatest theories. No, no, that's that's my theory that I put forward. From, I Unfortunately, this now has... This is cropping up a lot for me. Is the potential that it's a ghost playing a joke? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think. I mean, I think it's possible because if you open the door to interdimensional beings or whatever. Oh wait, actually, sorry. What? What does? So, what is the line of what Seth is? He's an interdimensional being. That's yeah, what she yeah. she thinks. Yeah, multi consciousness interdimensional being. Yes. And and does he? <laughs> Why are you sorry, laughing at that? Sorry for getting his title wrong. Um, <laughs> no, no, he, that's not his title. His title, if you remember, is an an energy personality essence no longer focused in the physical matter. Oh, apologies again yeah. to Seth. But do we? That's his LinkedIn bio. <laughs> do we? Um, so, do we have any information about Seth, like in his home world and where he lives, where he goes to work, what kind of car he drives? Is it a Volkswagen? No, you're you're thinking too terrestrial, man. You're thinking you're thinking like somebody who still who's a consciousness that's still in physical matter. All right, well, let's think about it in the fourth dimension. Does yeah. he live in the fourth dimension? Um, okay, for ease of explanation, we'll say fourth dimension. Yeah, yeah all right, because that's very easy. Yeah. I want everyone to imagine, as it is very easy, I want everyone to visualize and imagine we're now in the fourth dimension. Okay, done. Uh, um, and it, we're in the fourth dimension, so basically nothing, um, everything is see-through for a start. Yeah. And uh, and obviously there is a fourth dimension. Yeah. Um. So, it's... <laughs> All right, you know our three dimensions, right? One more. One more. One okay. more. One easy, more fourth dimension. Easy, yeah. done. Yeah. So this lad exists in the fourth dimension, maybe. Yeah. What does he do day to day? Um. Well, where does he come from? Like, does he come from a society? Has He's uh, retired. Has, he's retired. He's that's, retired. Yeah. That's what it is, because he's got so much fucking time in his hands. Yeah, he did very well, very young. Did do, you know trading. A, do you know I have a theory that loads of people become racist when they retire? Really? Yeah, because they've just too much time in their hands. So they take up a new hobby of being racist. Being racist. It's, I'm telling you, like, I, I think a lot of people go into retirement, perfectly good people, and then they just get so bored and they're just like, oh, oh just be racist. They should do some studies on that. Before before we, we get to the end of the episode, Dennis, I was going to uh, treat you to a little <laughs> video of, um, of Jane Roberts doing some channeling. 
Oh, you see, this is this is again, right? I'm like, you know, maybe tongue in cheek throughout the episode. Once I see this, go on and piss my pants. So if you can um, enable screen sharing again. Screen sharing enabled. Because um, you're uh, you're terrified of me sharing something for some reason. I'll bid you good evening. <laughs> and understand you are responsive to our friend here. For when he speaks, you fear the vocabulary. Because you fear the beliefs that you still are afraid operate. So, what? What, so, what are you so, thinking? Is that woman speaking in um in a particular accent? Uh, I don't. I, an instrumental accent. Accent. I think. That, that, yeah. I mean, it didn't. I mean, it sounded quite like. I don't know. It made me a little bit uncomfortable. Some of that. Where Dennis? Oh, we don't know where he's from. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like he might be from a really, really cartoonishly bad um, island, potentially. Well, 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 listen, right? We we don't know where he's from. Okay, we don't. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's safe to say that um, some of the theories after watching that video have been blown out of the water. Um, again, well, sometimes you lead in with these things and it destroys the episode for you and any, anything to stand on. Thank God you played that video at the end. Thank God. So, so you, you, you're thinking after you've seen that video, it's like case closed, clear so, cut, definitely an interdimensional being. 100%. All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the podcast this week. I've been Dennis Lynn. That's Roger O'Sullivan over there. I've, I've been um, half of, of Roger O'Sullivan. <laughs> he's just raw. And uh, he's he's slowly going to die. He's going to go into bed. Um, please follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, uh, Dennis Len 3 d and you can get us at Unexplained Legends as well on Instagram. And you can find Roger at Roger O'Comedy. There you go. Anything else uh, you want to tell them? Uh, uh, this could be your last recording too, so you might die. So is there anything you want to say? That's to lovely. Them? Uh, thank you. Um, if if well, my last will and testament is that if I die, please take all the episodes offline. So Dennis can't do it. Oh no! Fuck that. <laughs>